0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: From the Third Coast International Audio Festival and Chicago Public Radio, I'm Gwen Maxi, and this is ReSound.
2: I'd like to let you in on a world very few
3: of us remember from our own childhood.
1: ReSound is a remix of music, documentaries, found sound, sound bites, and audio bits and pieces we find all over the world. On the air, on the internet, if you can hear it, we are listening. Then we skim off the best and most interesting and play it for you each week on ReSound.
2: The other day I was recording a little girl named Jackie. We went down to the street and started walking up the block. The sun was setting behind us. It was a very nice day. As we were walking, I was holding Jackie's hand. She tugged on my hand and said,
0: You're stepping on my shadow.
2: I couldn't believe it, and I asked her to repeat what she said.
1: You're stepping on my shadow. The fragments of sounds, smells, and images that you remember from your youth form an imperfect mental roadmap of a particular place where you grew up. And as an adult, that roadmap usually remains folded away. But occasionally, something might inspire you to find it and spread it out before you, to retrace old roads and rivers you knew before. The map, of course, is an artifact. The places of your childhood have changed since you left them. But that doesn't quash your innate curiosity, or in some cases, the need to return. Peggy Giacumelos was born in Greece and later raised in Australia, During this time, Greece's population of immigrants grew enormously. The Greece she remembered, the Greece of her childhood, didn't really exist anymore. In 2003, she traveled back to Athens and then to the island of Zakynthos to find out why so many immigrants and refugees are living there now.
4: In 1991, I was 21 years old and travelling alone through Greece. The first war in Iraq had just come to an end, but I wasn't thinking about the war. I was in a temporary state of bliss where death and the future didn't exist. 1991 was also the year that the Soviet Union collapsed after decades of communist rule. And as I walked around the ancient and the modern ruins of Athens, I slowly came to understand where the strange faces came from. I caught the eye of one young man at the entrance of Omonia railway station in central Athens. He looked tired and hungry. Ashamed and unsettled, I looked away. He was an Albanian immigrant, one of thousands fleeing food shortages. This wasn't the Greece I remembered from my childhood. Maybe the Greece I remembered never really existed at all. 12 years later, I'm back in Athens. The second war in Iraq is playing itself out on my hotel television screen. It's spring. The markets at Monastiraki resemble an ancient bazaar. People from around the world have gathered to sell kitsch knickknacks, food and clothing from their homelands. Lonely men with tired eyes follow me around Athens as the chants of anti-war protesters fill Sintarma Square. I decided to come here soon after the Tampa crisis, one of the most infamous incidents in Australian immigration history. A few months after the arrival of the Tampa in Australia, I saw a television report about a ship named the Erinla that was found drifting in the waters of the Ionian Sea. With more than 800 immigrants and refugees on board, the ship was towed into the harbour of the Greek island of Zakynthos, the birthplace of my parents. I wanted to find out how a country that so many of my relatives had left had now become a place of refuge. There's no avoiding the war in Iraq. It's everywhere, in the protests and in the faces of refugees coming into the country. The first refugee I met is Ali, a Kurd from Iraq. We have no common language. When I asked him for an interview, he responds by blowing me a kiss. He's been in Greece for about a month in his own way. He tells me why he left Iraq. Saddam. Saddam. Saddam.
5: Saddam, Saddam, Bam, 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 bam is that Israel, Saddam Hussein, Figi Kurdi, Figi Kurdi. Kurdos, Saddam Figi Kurdi. Figi Kurdi, Figi Kurdi.
4: As soon as I tell people where I'm from, the questions start. Why is your government sending troops to Iraq? Is George W. Bush in your backpack? of Greeks on all sides of the political spectrum are against the war. Old men and lefties are the most opinionated. They don't know whether to curse me because I'm an Australian or embrace me because I'm Greek. The meat market in Athens is a huge warehouse full of animal carcasses and the hideous smell of blood. I'm here trying to get an idea of what it's like to be a foreign worker in Greece but Greeks and foreigners seem more interested in interviewing me. I'm accosted by a loud Greek butcher, more interested in telling me what he thinks of Australians than what he thinks of his immigrant co-workers. He tells me that all Australians are murderers and killers. Didn't you send troops to Iraq, he asks, as if I'm personally responsible for Australian foreign policy. I try walking away from him, but he grabs my microphone. Criminals, murderers. Australia has no history. All you've got in that country are poofs and kangaroos. I should probably stop using the public markets as a source of information. Over a million immigrants and refugees are now living in Greece and now that I'm here, it's a relief to find that I'm not the only one speaking broken Greek. I feel that I have more in common with the foreigners in Greece than with the Greeks themselves. But unlike the majority of foreigners, my Greek ancestry also gives me an EU passport, the most valuable document in this new immigrant hierarchy. I will never know what it feels like to have to work the immigration system, here or in Australia. But no matter how Greek my blood is, I still stand out. Not as a local, but as some weird hybrid foreigner who speaks bad Greek.
5: <laughs> <laughs> the
4: refugees and immigrants I meet from the Middle East tell me the same story. Long journeys by sea and on foot, days, weeks, and sometimes months spent walking through isolated mountain trails. In Omonia, I meet an Afghani refugee. He too left on foot. With a group of young men fleeing the after effects of the war on terror, he made his way to Greece.
6: We have walked, yeah, we walked about um, 45 or 46 hours from Iran to Turkey. And after that, we have traveled by car.
4: Legs, hope, and enough clean water are the most valuable commodities for getting out of a war zone. Pódia, elpída, ke katharó neró, hrriáżon de na xefígi to
6: So, at first when I came here, I thought if I find a good job and I proceed, proceed my setting, so I never go away from here. But now we have to do something to plan to go away from here to find a place to make our future. Because if we live like this in our country, there's also a place like that. But because of the war, because of the conditions, the life conditions were not allowed us to stay there. So we came here to make our future. When we came here, when we saw the condition here, and uh, we thought, oh, so we have to leave, leave this country as well.
4: The Afghani refugee thinks that Greeks are passionate people. And I agree with him. But I'm also seeing a side of Greece that only a woman could see. In the inner suburbs of Athens, men outnumber women. And this is where the stalking begins. The same faces on the train, outside my hotel, in the local coffee shop. You're beautiful. Listen <laughs> <laughs> to me.
2: As you have time,
7: to, do you have time today for <laughs> some?
4: some of the stalkers are Greeks. Others, unfortunately, are the exact people I want to interview, refugees and immigrants. Tragically, I'm torn between despising the attention of these men and fearing the day when they no longer notice me at all. legs, hope, and enough clean water. People from the Middle East usually end up in Turkey, where people smugglers are paid to transport them to Greece. They travel in anything from small rubber dinghies to old crumbling ferries across the dangerous waters of the Aegean Sea. Nobody knows how many people drown attempting to get into Greece. Their stories remain untold, their identities unknown. Kurdish mothers from Turkey are said to describe the Aegean Sea as the sea that eats their sons. Haluk Pirali is a Turkish refugee who has lived in Greece for 14 years. He is a volunteer with the Association of Foreign Refugees in Greece. Our interview takes place in a park near Syntagma Square. He says that getting into Greece is the biggest problem for most refugees and immigrants.
8: Problems for most refugees start at the border, in the sea, on the islands, and in the Evron River in northern Greece. These problems are only for those that manage to survive the waves and the wild natural environment, because you see, most people don't. Most drown. So many people have died. They remain unknown because nobody knows who they are. People smugglers bring refugees and immigrants in rotten boats that are barely seaworthy. And when they travel on foot over the border, well, then they've got landmines to contend
9: with. Αν τα καταφέρνουν. Αλλιώ βουλιάζουν. Ε, από τα σύνδερα, όταν περνάνε, υπάρχει ναρκοπέδεια. ναρκοπεδία αυτό που πατάς και εκράγει. Uh-uh.
8: There is no war in Greece. There is no need to have landmines here. If the government doesn't want to remove the landmines, and there's really no reason why they shouldn't, they should at least put signs in languages that refugees and immigrants can understand. The signs are in English and Greek. An Afghani, a Pakistani, a Turkish Kurd, they don't understand English or Greek. At night is when they die. There are no lights, no signs that anyone can understand. Those that manage to survive the landmines are usually apprehended by the Greek police. The police don't even ask if they are asylum seekers, because they can't. There are no translators at the border.
9: I'm I am police. police.
8: You, you, Iraq. Iraq. You you go, go back,
9: Iraq. Iraq.
8: That's the type of English used.
9: Uh, tora, There's no ta- common
8: language for communication.
9: <laughs> <laughs> and now we are going to have even more problems. <laughs> Thousands of people are
8: now on their way from Iraq. Uh, Nothing. European Not even European police. policy. Not <laughs> even landmines. Uh, Not uh, even rough seas are going Markopedia, to
9: stop them. They'll uh, get uh, here. Uh, <laughs>
4: In Omonia, in central Athens, the locals have turned McDonald's into a massive cafe meal. Groups of chain smoking men sip Greek coffee, ignoring the rest of the menu. In the recently rebuilt Omonia Square, Unemployed immigrants and refugees sit side by side with the poor, the drug-addicted and the mentally ill. The square, redesigned as part of a pre-Olympics clean-up, is one of the few public spaces in Athens. The Greeks hate it, describing it as a concrete terror that encourages undesirables to gather. The square retains some of the character of the traditional platia, or public square, found in almost every Greek town. During the day, those unable to find work sit with friends, waiting for something to happen.
6: Oh, no. Is this what you're doing in Greece? You're handing these
7: out? (laughs) Yeah, I'm from Liberia. In Africa, there Liberia, you know, life is not very easy, you understand me? Because the government there is bad, we don't have democracy. So I decided to come to Europe to make good living for myself. So I came through Istanbul, Turkey, to Greece. I come illegal, you know, taking a walk, busting the border. So I was arrested, spent three months They take me to a place, like a warehouse, not camp. People there were about 106. People inside, very tight. Let me just forget about the camp life because it's really a mess. There's nothing good about it. No radio, no music, no television, no communication, nothing, indoor, 24 hours.
4: So do you want to stay in Greece or do you want to go somewhere else?
7: If I tell you are live in this country, you must make money, maybe to buy your tickets, get your visa, it's a big deal. If I have knew that this is how life here in Greece, maybe choose a better place. Holland, maybe Germany, or London, you don't see this kind of a thing. But for me now, I don't have choice because I don't have money. Even how to feed myself now is a problem. So no job, nothing. One must have to do something so it's not too good young man like this when you get up in the morning no job no place to go you have to roaming around the streets it's not too good A problem, a
4: While the suburbs in and around central Athens are the first stop for many immigrants and refugees, many eventually leave for the country, seeking seasonal work in the agricultural and tourism industries. Like the early Greek communities in the west, self-employment has become one of the only options for many foreigners in Greece who don't want to do agricultural work. A culture of travellers and traders, the Greeks of the diaspora have also maintained the tradition of self-employment. My father's dream for a while had been to run a mixed business, a corner shop that sold a bit of everything. He ran a fruit shop instead. The entrepreneurial spirit has never really died in my father. Ideas for businesses would come out of nowhere. Tobacconist, people are always going to smoke, he reasoned. Or a cleaning business, People are too busy and lazy to clean up after themselves. There was talk of his ultimate dream, a mixed business, and I secretly wished my parents would buy another shop. Somewhere in my twisted nostalgia, I would be a child again, fed on toffee apples and my father's stories. In the markets of Athens, foreign traders also opt for self employment. Their whale like calls compete for the euro.
1: I have had him next to me for four or five years now, and he's the best man. If I go shopping,
10: he takes care of my store.
1: I understand him,
3: because I too have
10: walked a lot in my life.
1: Γιατί έχω κάνει made a πάρα
8: If I was to walk from here to Australia, do you think I'd make
7: it?
4: It's the Thursday before Easter. From tomorrow, Athenians will abandon the city for their home towns. Everything will close and the only people left in Athens will be tourists, atheists and foreigners. I call my grandmother and tell her I'm on my way to Zakynthos. My grandmother is now 90, and from what I remember of her personality, she's more likely to ask me for money than greet me with a hug. On the way to Zakynthos, the bus stops at Patra, the third largest city in Greece. The booming pre-Olympic economy has caught up with Patra. Expensive shops and cafes now reflect the growing affluence of the port city. Patra is also a departure point for Italy, not only for tourists but for thousands of immigrants and refugees. Groups of men, mostly from the Middle East, gather every day at the square, opposite the port, waiting for an opportunity to leave.
2: I'm
11: a Palestinian. I can't say if it's going to happen tomorrow, or after a month, or a year, but when everything finally settles down over there, I'll return to my family in Baghdad. Before the war, I could at least hear my family's voices. But now, unfortunately, I don't even have that.
7: I want to
8: live like other people in the world do. I want to be just like anyone who lives with freedom and stability. And like them, I want to be able to live anywhere in the world. Now I want to go to another country. Day after day I look forward to meeting my wife and children again. But since the American-Iraqi problem began, I haven't been able to see my wife and children.
4: Each time I leave my grandmother, I don't really expect to see her again. I am her oldest grandchild. Something about having a grandparent still alive tickled my vanity. As long as she's around, I can take refuge in the immature thought that I will never really get old. How can I when I'm still somebody's grandchild? My grandmother is my mother's mum. All of my mother's family still live in Greece. Alone, a teenager, without a word of English, her parents sent her to the factories and boarding houses of Sydney, hoping that she would find the economic security unavailable to her at home. At 16, she could have easily shacked up with some drunken loser. Instead, she found my father. She was renting a room at my father's brother's house when she met him. Marrying him had been a blessing, my mother said. When I asked her why she married him, she said it was because he was a Greek that had £5,000 in the bank. The Ionian island of Zakynthos was once a place that people wanted to leave. From the mid 19th century to the early 1970s, thousands left Zakynthos for a new life in the West. Whole villages had been abandoned by the young, and the island quickly became the stuff of nostalgia a place that was both beautiful and tragic. My father left in 1960, my mother five years later. Like most of the immigrants and refugees now coming into Greece, my parents left their homes because of poverty and war. Zakynthos now has a population of about 30,000 Greeks and up to 12,000 immigrants and refugees. But the true foreign invasion takes place from June to October when up to 600,000 mainly English packaged tourists visit the island. Part paradise, part Gold Coast glam, Lagana Beach is where most of the seasonal tourists go. The locals can't cope with the tourists alone. Albanians are the largest ethnic group after the Greeks, but there are also Indians, Bulgarians, Ukrainians and small communities from just about everywhere in the world. It's the foreigners who keep the hotels clean, the moussaka hot and the beer flowing. Winter is when Greece returns to its agricultural roots. Transient workers keep the agricultural industry alive. In the main square of Zakynthos town and towns across the country, day labourers gather often at dawn, waiting for work.
8: I walked to Greece. Visa, documents,
5: waiting. I'm just waiting, waiting for work.
8: I got here
11: at about 7:20 this
5: morning. It's now 9:30. Nothing. The first years were good. Now there's nothing. So
11: many farm workers here in the town square waiting.
5: There are no jobs.
8: Saddam and Bush, maybe that's why the tourists aren't here yet. I haven't just walked here once, but lots of times. The longest it's taken me is up to ten days. I go via the Albanian-Greek border. If the
11: police stop us, we do what they say.
5: If they decide to let
11: us stay, we stay. If they decide to send us back, we go back. Everything's in their
5: hands.
2: I'm <laughs> i
4: Up in the mountains, where my father is from, visitors can see the immediate impact of emigration. Abandoned family homes barely stand, struggling under the pressure of neglect. But even these small villages are coming back to life. The new immigrants need somewhere to live and the old homes are being renovated and rented out to the island's new inhabitants. Nico from Albania, is renovating my grandmother's house. Previously known as Kudasir, he changed his name after a Greek priest told him that it would make his life easier. So Kudasir became Niko, Ali became Yorgo, Kurvinda became Yani, and Mahmud became Manoli in a pattern repeated throughout history by immigrants around the world. Dionysius became Danny, Athena became (laughs) (laughs)
5: Amy. <silly> what is I
11: walked through the mountains. A group left together for Greece. Yeah, it took us about ten days. Our food lasted for about three days. And after that, we started knocking on people's doors, begging for food. There are lots of people, though, who got lost. And even now, none of us know where they
5: are. They're
11: probably dead. We've lost lots of people on the way. I ended up in Kazani. Others ended up in Larissa where they had relatives. After that, we ended up all over Greece, because wages near the border aren't so good. But the people near the border are better than the Greeks down
5: here. Maybe it's because they're
11: closer to us, or maybe it's because they're poorer. I don't know. But their hearts were more open. I don't think I need to explain why we left Albania. Poverty. Poverty everywhere. One day, though, I'll return and make something of my life there. That's what most of us do. Unfortunately, Albanians have developed a bit of a reputation for being thieves. But not all of us are like that.
4: My grandmother thinks it's unfair that Albanians are labelled as thieves. She tells Nicole that just because one mouse steals some cheese, the other mice shouldn't get the blame. People are not only changing their names, but also hiding their religion. After more than 400 years of Turkish Muslim rule, Greeks remain suspicious of Islam. American intervention during the Greek Civil War has left Greeks equally suspicious of the USA. Ancient myths have been replaced by modern conspiracy theories. The Gulf War, and now Al-Qaeda, have created a whole new set of stories and rumours about Muslims not only in Greece, but everywhere in the West. With Al-Qaeda, the talk goes one step further. Muslims are now described as members of cells or chains like they're part of some massive fast food franchise about to open a store near you.
8: That's what I don't like about Greece. That we have learned to live with lies. There are lots of good things about Greece too, but why should I change my name? What for?
4: Look, the Greeks are good people, but when
8: it comes to religion, they are a thousand years behind.
2: Bravo.
4: Do many Muslims change religion once they're in Greece? They
2: don't change, they just hide it. In the
8: beginning, we were viewed with suspicion, but the Greeks have gotten used to us. Let me tell you though, in Albania, we didn't even have churches or mosques. It's only here in Greece that we learned what it means to be a Muslim and what it means to be a Christian. In some situations, religion is like a political persuasion. For me, this means nothing.
2: My children end up going to church,
8: and they're not even Christian.
2: But because the Greek children go,
8: my children end up going as well.
2: My kid isn't even a Christian, but
8: he knows how to pray like one.
2: What can I say to him?
8: Don't pray? There's only one God.
4: While in Zakynthos, I try to find passengers from the immigrant and refugee ship the Erenla. All I find is the ship itself, docked in an isolated corner of Zakynthos Harbour. It's tiny, and looking at the rusty vessel, it's hard to imagine how more than 800 people survived the 10-day journey. Enakronia. By accident I meet Karam, a passenger on yeah, the Erinla. The only problem is that we don't have a common language.
5: In a combination of English, Punjabi and Greek, we attempt to piece together a story.
4: As for the locals they seem more interested in talking about the beaches maybe i don't want to know what the locals think about immigrants and refugees on the island maybe what i really want is to retain my childhood memory of the place a memory where racism and reality don't exist My grandmother isn't really sure what I'm up to talking to foreigners on the island. Stay away from the foreign men, she insists. If you give them enough encouragement, they'll never leave you alone. As for stories about my mother, her childhood, the day she left for Australia, my grandmother thinks it's a waste of time talking about the past. Annoyed, she demands that I put my microphone away and do some real work.
2: Αδία όλου, δεν μου ξανθή, στε Πασκώτη, και μου σε έχω
4: There's a shortage of available women on the island. Many leave the smaller towns for education or work in the big cities, while the men are left behind to take care of the farms. There's no Women's Weekly Marry a Farmer campaign happening here. The men are left to make the best they can out of the situation. Mixed marriages are becoming common, mainly with women from Eastern Europe. Tanya, my cousin's wife from the Ukraine, has lived in Greece for almost a decade. So, when you first arrived in Greece, what, what did you first notice? It looked like paradise. From the life we left behind in the
12: Ukraine, the misfortune. When we crossed the Greek border, our first stop was a petrol station near Thessaloniki. We all got off the bus and couldn't stop staring at the lights at the petrol station. Because, you see, in the Ukraine there were no such lights anywhere. They're only starting to appear now. When we got out, me and my friends started crying and dancing for joy. We couldn't believe we had come to such a place, so beautiful. The lights, the colourful window displays. We didn't even know what those things were. Nothing like that existed then in the Ukraine. That's what we noticed first. After that, well, other things started
4: to happen. What about women? Do you think they live better here, or do you think they live better in the Ukraine?
3: (laughs) That's
12: the worst question you could ask me, and my answer is even worse. There are no foreign female workers that I know of who haven't been sexually harassed in the workplace. If you agree to sexual relations with your boss, you can keep your job, if not, then
3: you're out.
12: Out of the 20 jobs I've had in Greece, I was sexually harassed in 19. If you don't agree to sex, you have to go. Over and over again. Out of all those jobs, only one man was decent. I don't think a woman exists who hasn't experienced this. I don't know what
3: it is.
12: Maybe one woman did something and the rest of us are paying the
3: consequences.
12: But it was such a huge difficulty. Finding a job, yet being unable to stay because of male employers. In restaurants, in domestic work, I had the same problem. I kept on changing jobs until finally I found a female boss.
4: Πρώτη μάρα έφτια
5: Άλλο, άλλο κάνω μια αστεία να περάσει άλλο να το έτσι, δεν είναι μικρό έτσι είναι δεν ακούει, μην Ας τη
10: τώρα δεν η να σου κάνει αυτή, Να σου
5: σου
4: Nico and his assistant Yorgo are still working on my grandmother's house. My grandmother follows them around all day. Unfortunately, Yorgo has taken to following me around the whole island. He's everywhere, at the local bus station, at the beach. I even find him at home with my grandmother on a Saturday night painting her old wooden crucifix a lovely mustard yellow. What are you doing here? I ask. No charge, he says. I'm only doing it because I like your grandmother. I'm scared. I don't know if I'm scared of Jorgo or scared of what he'll do to my grandmother's house if I'm rude to him. I tell him about my boyfriend. Smart, sensitive, educated, accomplished, adoring, available. The sort of boyfriend I don't actually have. I could call the police, that'd get him off my back, but then he might also be deported back to Albania. Coming to Greece to make a documentary about refugees and immigrants and then being responsible for a deportation would be too ridiculous for words. I try to forget about Jorgo. Instead, I focus on the Erdner, the abandoned immigrant ship in Zakynthos Harbour. With a group of articles from the local paper in one hand and a Greek-English dictionary in the other, I managed to piece together some kind of second-hand story about the ship. At the port, locals had gathered with food and blankets and cheered as the passengers were finally let off the ship. One passenger begged a port officer for water. This particularly sadistic officer presented the passenger with his dirty shoe. Clean my shoe first, he demanded as the mainly Kurdish passengers chanted, Osalan, Osalan, the name of the imprisoned Kurdish leader. A temporary reception center emerged, this time in one of the vacant resort hotels at Lagana. Some of the passengers were put up at the hotel, while others were sent to a temporary reception center in northern Greece.
9: 120 people, a group family, E katonikos automatos pigan kondosti Lamia mia Elasona, che From Zakynthos 120 people, Lamea, a river, a river,
8: 120 people including families were taken no. to a mountain named Kokinomilo near Lamia
9: ti hora se an ipo namin dous pateki
8: It was the middle of winter. There were two or three meters of snow. I spoke to the media and said that it was a crime to send people there. They'll
9: die.
8: There they constructed a temporary refugee camp, another huge tin shed in the middle of
9: nowhere. We went there and there was nothing,
8: no homes, only snow and wild
9: pigs, no people at all.
8: It was freezing. The detainees eventually made their way to the local village to look for somewhere warmer. The only place available was the local church.
9: For three weeks they stayed in the church
8: until the local police came and threw them out.
9: There was lots of trouble with the police because most of the refugees didn't want to leave. Our
8: association paid the bus fares for people who wanted to go to Athens. Those that had the money ended up buying illegal passports and getting out of Greece. The rest are all over the place, working here and there. Nobody really knows where they are.
4: The movement of people around the earth is an old story. Almost every ethnic group has descendants scattered around the world. This doesn't make the story of the Erinla or thousands of stories like it, any less tragic. Legs, hope, and enough clean water are the most valuable commodities for getting out of a war zone. Pódia, elpída, ke katharó neiró de na pólemo. I've met so many foreigners in Greece who tell me the same story. It's like being a child again and hearing my father mourn the country he left behind. As I leave, my grandmother tells me not to come back to Greece. If you do, you have to stay until I die, she demands. With a family history of longevity, this is a big ask. I make my way to the local bus station where unfortunately, Jorgo, the stalker, is waiting for me. He's standing across the road, staring, looking, waiting. I suppose we're all waiting for something. I just wish Jorgo wasn't waiting for me. I ignore him. I board the ferry, my suitcase in one hand, in the other, my handbag, two passports, and the endless possibilities that these documents offer.
1: Legs, Hope, and Water was produced by Peggy Giacomelos and Leah Redfern. It first aired on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation's Radio Eye. In 2004, Legs, Hope, and Water won a Third Coast Festival honorable mention.
8: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: You're listening to Resound from the Third Coast Festival and Chicago Public Radio. You don't have to emigrate, travel, or even get up from your chair to let us know what you think of what you hear. Questions, comments, rants, and raves can be sent to Resound at thirdcoastfestival.org.
4: Here's a story. The movement of people around the earth is an old story.
10: Here's a story. A story that I heard from a friend, a colleague, a cousin, a neighbor, a friend of a cousin of another professor. There's a woman in college. There's a girl in high school, a boy working in a restaurant. There's a 13-year-old, 16-year-old, 22-year-old, woman, man, boy, girl from Croatia, Russia, Pakistan, Pakistan, Mexico, Bosnia, Sri Lanka, Lanka, Brazil, Ireland, Nigeria, Venezuela, Ecuador, China, Honduras, Bangladesh, Yemen, Poland, Egypt. There's a 15-, 18-, 20-year-old, female mother, daughter, sister, a brother, an uncle, a father, a man-child. Living in Fear, fear. Waiting for Papers, Waiting for an Answer, Waiting for the Petition, Waiting Waiting for Immigration, Homeland Security, The Answer from the Papers that were filed with INS, Change to, BCIS, Nine Years, Change to, USCIS, Five Years, Change to, Homeland Security, Two Years, Change to, U.S. ICE. The government, the agency, the agent in Nevada, New York, New Hampshire, it's a post office, an address, somewhere else. What's the answer? The green card, the status. Can't tell anyone. What's her status? What's your status? What's her status? Can't go out of the country, don't want to stay in the country. Her mother, father, brother want to go back. She wants to go go back. back. Can't go, can't get back in, can't stay. Everyone's marching, everyone's marching for their rights, faces on TV, scared, not marching, marching, should she go, should she, should she stay, should she, in the shadows, should she stay, here's a story, a story that I heard from a friend, a colleague, a cousin of another professor, about a student, waiting, waiting, working, working, taking a full load, waiting for the papers, married to an abusive husband who was supposed to file the papers for her green card while she's working waiting waiting tables working, waiting for the green waiting, card waiting, waiting for things to change waiting, waiting working, for a law to pass waiting, witnessing waiting, and waiting working so she can leave her husband waiting, her slavery her life maybe go back waiting to her country waiting, maybe not waiting here's a story a story here's a story, a story that i heard a from a friend a story That I
5: heard.
10: A story about a girl, boy, man, woman, waiting for the government to change back home. Maybe Maybe go, maybe maybe stay, maybe go go back back home. home. Here's a story that I heard. There's a woman, a man, a boy, a girl in college, in high school, wondering if maybe she should leave. Go back to back, maybe Maybe. stay, maybe leave. Waiting to find, waiting for the chance to vote. For the first time waiting for the chance. And voting and waiting to find somewhere that's somewhere home. that's home. Nowhere to go back to. Waiting to find, to
1: find home. home. That was What's Your Status by Judith Sloan with music by Taylor Ravelli for Made Sounds. Judith is an artist, performer, and radio producer. She also works with at-risk youth teaching theater, writing, and juggling in alternative schools and jails. Her most recent project is Crossing the Boulevard, Strangers, Neighbors, Aliens in a New America, a kaleidoscopic view of new immigrants and refugees living in Queens, New York. For a link to her website or to read an interview with Judith, visit our website at thirdcoastfestival.org.
11: We in America are immigrants or the children of immigrants. We are one people, but a people welded from many nations and races.
1: And finally, a story about a cat and a mouse, peace and war, Russia and America all in two minutes and 30 seconds. It's called, An American tale. There are no cats in America. You take this blue shark to Russia,
13: and if mean cats come, you just go, Roar! I've been all through the US. I've been to Mexico and Canada, in England, in Scotland and Ireland. And Spain and Italy and Portugal and Prague, and, excuse me, Czech And I just always feel like a child. In and in Ireland and Spain and Italy and Portugal and through Austria and Slovakia as well. And I, oh, and now Russia. Oh no! What are you gonna do? And there are lots of mean cats in Russia. Diana pniomajow and that's that's all I can say. I had done just a very small amount of self-study. There's a movie, an old American cartoon, called American Tales, and it's about a little mouse from Russia who leaves Russia because there are mean cats in Russia, and he wants to go to America, where there are no cats in America. It's a song of the movie. There are no cats in America. In Spain, Spain, Italy, in 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 Portugal, and 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 Prague? Prague, I mean, excuse me, Czech Republic, my nephew Ian is three years old, and I, I, I just love him so much, he's adorable. And I told Ian that I was going to Russia, and he likes the movie American Tale. And he said, oh no, Aunt Elaine, there are lots of mean cats in Russia. Oh no, what are you gonna do? And he was really, really concerned for me. And so he gave me this, first he gave me this huge blue shark. And he said, you take this blue shark to Russia, and if mean cats come, you just go rawr and scare them away. And I, I couldn't take this huge blue shark with me in my backpack or just carry it along to scare off the mean cats. And he also had a very small blue shark, and so I, he gave me the small blue shark, and I have it with me in case I see any mean cats, and I will go rawr and scare them off. And he also, he gave one to Stephen to take with him when Stephen goes uh, to Iraq, so I'm safe.
1: That was An American Tale by Anastasia Ivanova from Russia. She produced it for the Third Coast Festival 2007 public audio challenge, Dollar Stories, in which we asked listeners to create a short audio story inspired by an item from the dollar store. Anastasia chose a pack of four old-fashioned spring-loaded mouse traps. We're approaching the deadline for this year's public audio project, Radio Ephemera. So get out there and make some radio. Time is short. The deadline is coming, but it is not too late. Maybe, maybe we'll play your work on ReSound, but not if you don't get it in. What are you waiting for? Find out more. Visit thirdcoastfestival.org. You're
0: stepping on my shadow.
1: Resound is a production of Chicago Public Radio and the Third Coast International Audio Festival. I'm Gwen Maxi. The program is produced by Delaney Hall and curated by Johanna Zorn and Julie Shapiro of the Third Coast Festival. Our production intern is Katie Mingle, and our festival intern is Ben Winter. You can hear today's program at thirdcoastfestival.org, where you can also hear dozens of outstanding documentaries from all around the world, and subscribe to our podcast. Lead support for the Third Coast Festival is provided by the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, with additional funding from the National Endowment for the Arts, American Airlines, and Chicago's Navy Pier. The Third Coast Festival is also supported by Argo T. on the web at argot.com. Music for Resound is provided by Reckless Records in Chicago. If you want to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. Resound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else.